Kia from your Every Nation Southside family here in Papatoitoi, Auckland. You are now listening to a podcast from our church service and we pray that you will be blessed by it. For more information, please visit our Facebook page or feel free to contact our church office. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Leo. I'm one of the campus leaders with Every Nation Southside Church. And um, yeah, welcome to church. Welcome this morning. Uh, um, I have the privilege to share God's word with you this morning. Uh, my prayer is that that the Holy Spirit would speak to you and you would get a revelation of, of, of who he is and, and his very purpose and vision for your life. So, um, yeah, um, just let me pray before I start. Um, Jesus, I thank you so much, God, that you're here in this place right now. And you want to speak to us about heaven. You want to speak to us about, about your glory, about, about your majesty, about your kingship, about your, the kingdom of God that's advancing forward. Lord, you're not bothered by, by, by our service and what we can do for you. Your kingdom is advancing right now. And this city, Monaco City, is changing right now because you are doing a work in this city to change lives. And not just lives in this city, but lies for the nations of the world and even the islands around this South Pacific, Lord, that you're doing right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. And Lord, we just want to roll with your flow, God. We just want to roll with what you're doing. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. We all say, amen, amen. I, <laughs> about three weeks ago, I think, um, we had that prayer meeting, uh, grace, you know, prayer um, we were all gathered uh, in the Pabster room, and um, I remembered uh, we had this prayer uh, wall where we, had, we, we put all our prayer requests, and, and um, I love this prayer request that someone wrote. Someone wrote on this prayer request, he said, uh, I pray for uh, uh, six-pack abs. Six-pack abs. I'm like, wow, that's an awesome prayer request. And, and so we were gathered in our groups, and we were praying for the church, all the prayer requests that everyone put up on the wall. And in my group, it was um, Dwayne, right there at the back. And, um, and who else did I have? Elijah as well. And, and it was just three of us, and we were praying. And I just love the brother. I love how Dwayne was just praying so intently, like just so much passion. Like, Lord, I pray for this brother who wants six-pack abs. Lord, I pray that you just have them and, you know, be, be prosperous and something like that. And like, I'm like, like, that's the best prayer. Isn't that the most best prayer in the world? That the whole church can have six-pack abs, right? Like, it's so good. And, and to tell you the truth, God answers prayers, doesn't he? Yes, he does. You know, I love this saying that, uh, that Reinhard Bonnke, this evangelist who just recently died, um, he said the saying, he said that it's like walking, you know, we pray, right? We need the right foot and we need the left foot. We preach. You see, we can't, we can't just do one or the other. We can't just preach and then not pray. And, and we can't just, you know, pray and not preach. We have to we have to pray and preach and pray and preach. We have to pray and preach and pray and preach. We have to do what God has called us to do. And it's so important, you know. Um, I've seen people get saved at the gym. I've actually seen people get saved in front of me, praying a prayer of salvation. In fact, I've actually seen people get healed at the gym. Okay, I'm not just going to talk about the gym, okay. But I've also seen people get saved on the campus, you know, I, I, I go into the uh, commons room, you know, and everyone's just um, playing pool and, you know, talking about dirty jokes and swearing and doing whatever they want, you know, and just gossiping. But at the same time, I just go there and I know the presence of God is with me. 
and, and, I, and, I, and I pray for someone, and this person gets healed in front of me. His ankle gets healed. He's wearing crutches, and he fully gets healed. And then I preach the gospel, and he gets saved. I tell you now, church, it is not my job. It is not the staff's job. It's not the elder's job. It's your job as well, because the kingdom of God is not exclusive. He is in you. If you're born again, if you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus and you're born again, the kingdom of God lives within you. And you can do exactly the same thing. I've seen people get healed. I've seen people completely just, um, just God completely healing their, their back or healing their legs. And then at the same time, the gospel gets preached. Amen. Sorry, that's not my sermon, but I just wanted to share that. Um, <clears throat> the urban gospel the urban gospel, where I'm on the second part of the series, and, and um, why the urban gospel? Because God wants to reach Monaco City. God wants to reach the city, and because God has a love for all the cities, and you see that in the Old Testament, God using Jerusalem, Jerusalem is the city of God, God using Jerusalem as, as a beacon of light to reach the nations of the world. Uh, God used Jonah to reach the city, the wicked city Nineveh. And God had to provoke uh, uh, Jonah. You know, he had to provoke him and he had to, you know, he commanded him, he provoked him and he, and, he, and he put him into a whale so that he can actually go and preach. I wonder what God's using in our lives like a whale that, you know, we'll get sucked in and, so that he can provoke us to preach. You know, I love what Ulu shared this morning. Sometimes it's not the devil doing stuff and messing up our lives. Did you know that? Sometimes circumstantially, sometimes things that happen in our lives God is actually provoking us to, come on, pray for your boss. Stop getting so angry at your boss and gossiping about your boss. Maybe you need to pray for your boss, for your boss' salvation. Or maybe you need to pray that, Lord, give me the strength to walk in humility and forgive my boss. Because, you see, when you do that, you're a witness. And when, when your boss sees your life, how the way you carry yourself as a Christian that your boss will come to know the Lord. I tell you that right now. I tell you that. <clears throat> God showed his love for the city when he used the Apostle Paul. And he, and he planted churches specifically, strategically. And the churches he planted was in Ephesus, Athens, Corinth, and Rome. You see, God has a love for the city. And, and, and he strategically is reaching the city so that provinces are reached. So that small towns are reached, and, and also I believe the islands of the South Pacific will be reached. Amen. Amen. You know, um, I was reminded um, in 2007, I uh, was traveling on the plane to uh, uh, the Philippines, oh, my Filipino brothers here, <laughs> and sisters, sorry. Um, <clears throat> so I was traveling to the Philippines, and, and um, well, I was going to the World Conference, the World Conference in I remember traveling and, um, you know, if, when you travel on the plane, um, there's always a moment where uh, the lights turn off and, you're, you know, you're going to go to sleep now and, and um, you're just trying to enjoy your ride on the plane. And then all of a sudden, there was this, like, rocking on the, on the plane, like a real violent rocking, you know, and I was like, what the heck is going on, you know, and then, and then, the, and then the intercom go, um, goes on, ding dong. And then the captain speaks, and he's like, hello, hello, good evening, everyone. Uh, we're just experiencing a little bit of turbulence. 
um, don't worry, uh, you know, the turbulence will subside. Just make sure you put your seatbelts on and enjoy the ride. Yeah, right, enjoy the ride. It's so freaky right now. This, this, the plane's going to crash, like, in my mind. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I'll be honest with you. When, when, when I was going through that moment, where, like, honestly, I just thought I was, I, I never prayed as much as I did on that plane, you know. I think I prayed in tongues more than I prayed ever, you know. And, and when I was praying, you know what I was praying about? I was praying. I was like, Lord, my family does not know Jesus. Lord, I'm praying for my friends right now. I'm praying for those that are far from you right now. And if they die, and if they perish, it'll be too late because I, you've given me the mouthpiece to speak to them right now. You, you have destined me here to speak to my family and my friends and those that are far from the Lord. Please, Lord, please, Lord, please let me live longer. Please let me live longer so that I can share the gospel to my friends and my family. Thank God that I'm alive today, right? You know, there are moments like that in our lives. I wonder what you would be praying about. These near-death experiences. You know, sometimes God has to allow those sort of certain circumstances in your life so that he can shake you up and remind you what is most important in life. You know, I heard of this preacher once. He said, uh, um, <clears throat> he was at this conference in South America, and he was amazed in this, in this conference, this leaders' conference, and he saw thousands and thousands of, of, of young people and old people and just, just the testimonies of the church plants that they were planting in South America. And it was growing so rapidly, and so many people were getting saved. And he was saying to, to, to one of the pastors, he said, what is your secret? What are you guys doing to, to, to bring about so many people coming to faith? And, and guess what he said? He said, we preach about heaven. We preach about eternity. We preach about what's going to happen at the end. Because there is going to be a time when it comes to the end where we're all going to stand before a holy God and he's going to judge us. And we're going to enter into the presence of God, which is heaven. Or we will enter, we will be separated from God in an eternal place called hell. And it's real. And that's what he said. He said, we preach that to our people. We remind them every time. We remind them, this is your ultimate destiny. So when you know your ultimate destination, how are you going to live today, now? Not what is temporary, but what is eternal next? Our heavenly home. That's the urban gospel that we need to preach. Our heavenly home. Amen? Amen? <clears throat> Sorry. Amen. Amen. Revelations 21, 1 to 8. Uh, uh, the Apostle John, in this, uh, he writes this. Uh, he gets a vision. He's... he's, he's uh, uh, taken away into the island of Patmos and Jesus speaks to him in a vision, very powerful vision and it's, it's around the end times and he, and he speaks this and he speaks in Revelations 21 and he says this, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, 
God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Wow, that's a perfect picture of heaven right now. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious, we are victorious, men and women of God, every nation south side. Amen? We will walk victorious and we will do it. We will obey Jesus. All who are victorious will inherit, inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God. And they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, the murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshippers, and all liars. Their fate is in the fury lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And this is a perfect picture of the end. Every nation Southside Church, I want to remind us, I want to preach about heaven this morning. I want to preach about what will happen at the end. Because when we are reminded of this, we are going to live differently this morning. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so the urban gospel, the urban gospel, the definition is making the gospel of Jesus relevant to the community you are part of, guided by the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to make the gospel of Jesus relevant to our community? You be you, boo, okay? You got to be you. You got to be, be how God has created you. Okay, I just learned this saying from Luti. She's like, be you, boo. I'm like, what does that mean? Okay, I get it, all right. <clears throat> what do I mean by that? I'm saying some of you guys are, 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 are passionate about sports. Some of you guys are passionate about music. Some of you guys are passionate, passionate about business. Be you, boo, just be who you are and bring the gospel in there. You see, I love drawing and, 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 I, and I was a part of the community ministry that Tyler uh, led, uh, the Every Nation Community Ministry called Arise, and we were teaching cartooning and sculpting. Blair was teaching sculpting. Just the next slide, please. And it was amazing. And as you see, I'm being relevant in how God has called me to share the gospel. And we were part of this three-day workshop. We were teaching the gospel using cartooning. And I remembered one of these kids, and you see a picture there on your right, uh, Yes, right there, and, and um, you know, he was an atheist kid. He didn't believe in Jesus, and in fact, he didn't even want to pray when he came to our workshop. But you see, when we shared the gospel in a relevant way, it spoke to him. In fact, he actually started praying with us. And, and I shared the gospel with him using comic books, and I talked about superheroes and how superheroes that we believe in don't really save us, but only through Christ. And he got the gospel. He started to understand the gospel message. It spoke to him. 
But this kid didn't get saved, but it's not my job to save them, right? The Bible says that we sow the seed. One sows, one waters, but God makes it grow. And so I believe the, sow, the, the sowing of the seed of the gospel is in him. And I believe through time, he's going to come to faith in Jesus. So it's so important. Make the gospel relevant. Speak the language in where you're at, in your sphere of influence. <clears throat> the urban gospel, you know, uh, making the gospel relevant to the community that we're part of and guided by the Holy Spirit. You know, I was thinking about what does it mean to be, you know, guided by the Holy Spirit. Um, I was reminded by this word space. Uh, the word space, it, the definition is a Continuous area or expanse which is free, available or unoccupied. And so, obviously, we have space everywhere around us, and it's continuing to, to expand, and it's free, and it's available. Obviously, all of us has our own space, you know. Some of us have our own bubble, that no one can come into this bubble, you know. Um, it's, it, some of us have a really small bubble and anyone can sort of come into it. And some of us had really big bubbles that you just cannot come into it. I've been married for five years and we, ha we have to learn how to share each other's bubbles. We have to share each other's space, you know. And, and, and we have to share one space together. And, and we have to walk in humility, okay. You know, sometimes we just like, get out of my space, you know. Just, I want my own space. Okay, okay, all right. I will respect your space as long as you respect my space. The same way is that we have to respect the space of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, right? We have to respect the space of the Holy Spirit. And the kingdom of God is God's space. And it's occupied by a king who takes dominion. And his space is advancing. And, and, and when, as, a, as a follower of Jesus, I allow the kingdom space to rule and reign in my life. And I have to daily die to myself and allow the kingdom space to rule and reign. You know, there are moments where I'm guided by the Holy Spirit. I, mean, I come into a place, I remember working in the animation studio in um, a dark place. A dark place. I'm, I was working for Brotown Animation and, you know, they had pictures mocking Jesus, you know, drawing things of Jesus and mocking him. You know, my boss didn't, you know, they just take it as a joke. And in my mind, I'm like, God, can you just curse that guy? What is he doing to Jesus right now? Okay, okay, Lord, I repent. I shouldn't do that. And that's the same thing in, in, in Jeremiah, you know. Um, in Jeremiah 29, all who preached about it last week, in Jeremiah 29, Israel was in a city, you know, the city of God, prosperous. Wow, amen, thank you, Lord. We're in a prosperous city ruled by you. And then all of a sudden, they're taken into captivity by the Babylonians. God, what's going on here? Why am I in this place? I thought we're kings and queens in you. We're, 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 we're winning, victorious kingdom, a city of God. And now we're like taken captive by the Babylonians, a wicked nation that's imprisoning us right now. You know, and obviously they were crying out, God, what's going on here? And I remember being in that same situation as well when I was working in animation. And, and I said, God, you know, I'm around people that are swearing all the time, gossiping, and, and they're mocking me because I'm a Christian. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, no, I put you there for a reason. 
I put you there to change the atmosphere. I didn't put you there just to earn money. Yes, you can earn money, and yes, you can buy a house one day, and yes, you can do lots of amazing things, but we know what's going to happen at the end. People are going to stand before God, and they're going to be judged, and if they do not have Christ in their lives, they will perish for eternity. You know, when we read in Revelations, it says that it wipes away every tear from their eyes. And you know what I, what I believe that context is? I'm not saying this is 100% doctrine, but I'm just saying that what I'm just believing and thinking through this is, I believe God is saying that when we're in heaven, there are moments that we may be even weeping to for those that we wish we should have preached to. I could have preached to my friend and my family members right now that are And that God wipes away the tears from my eyes or your eyes, you know, when we're in heaven. You know, don't let that happen because you have the answer. You have the truth that lives inside of you. <clears throat> so, so, so Israel was taken captive. They're taken captive. They're, you know, they're crying out to God and they only think they have two options. And the two options is we live separate from the city. From, or... We live like them. We just follow them and we just live like them. No, that's not the answer. The answer is, you are in the world, but you're not of the world. I have called you to be distinct. I have called you to be salt and light in this world, to change it. I have sent you specifically with the anointing of the Holy Spirit to change your environment. And, and, the, and, and, and when Jeremiah was prophesying over the people of Israel, the, 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 the people of Israel that were exiled, they were thinking, oh, great, he's going to prophesy over us and, and, and set us free. No, 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 no. He said, make your homes there. Find your prosperity in that city so that you can be prosperous yourself. But first, prosper that city. Bless that city. Bring life to that city. Bring light in darkness. Because I have called you to bring light in darkness. Because the kingdom space dwells within you. And it's advancing. And it's advancing. Amen? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> As I close, I want to leave us with this one thought. This last thought, sorry. As I close. And it's this word, risk. And um, I was reminded of this book that I've been reading recently. It's by John Piper, and it's this book called uh, Risk is Right. And um, John Piper was talking about taking risks, and I love his definition about risks, and he's explaining um, uh, uh, that life is a series of risks, and it's inevitable that you have to take a risk because we don't know the future, right? We don't know when we're going to die. We don't know what will happen to us. So we have to take a risk. We have to take a step of faith. And, and he defines risk this way. He says, I define risk in a very simple as an action that exposes you to the possibility of loss or injury. If you take a risk, you can lose money, you can lose face, you can lose your health, or even your life. Praise God that he took a risk for us, right? And what's worse, if you take a risk, you may endanger other people and not just yourself. Their lives may be at stake also. 
Will a wise and loving person then ever take a risk? Is it wise to expose yourself to loss? Is it loving to endanger others? Is is losing life the same as wasting it? It depends. Of course, you can throw your life away in a hundred sinful ways and die as a result. In that case, losing life and wasting it would be the same. But losing life is not always the same as wasting it. Let me repeat that again. But losing life is not always the same as wasting it. (laughs) Would you lose your life for the gospel? Because at the end, you'll be in eternity in heaven with Jesus. It doesn't matter what people think about you at work or or your school or university. You know, you young people, when you're at at university or school, doesn't matter if people mock you about being a Christian and you and you're reading your Bible and you're and, and you're not swearing and you're and you're living. You know, does, it, does it matter if people mock you? Do you have to live like them? No, you don't. Because at the end, you stand before God and you're right with Him. But your friends and your family that don't know Jesus won't be there. So God has put you there for a purpose to take a risk. And to step out of your comfort zone. Because I believe the city of Monaco will be reached. There's over 500,000 people living in the city and it needs to be reached. So stop wasting time and thinking about yourself. The gospel is not about myself. It's about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And don't wait for a moment where there's a near-death experience. It's time to move, church. It's time to invite your neighbor. It's time to bless your neighbor. It's time to speak life. Those very little things that you do, I tell you, will help people come to know Jesus. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the small things that you do for people. Because God put you there for a reason, for a purpose. I'm passionate about Jesus. I'm passionate about His Word. Sometimes I have to remind myself that this is the truth so I can stop complaining about life. What if the circumstances are such that not taking a risk will result in loss and injury? That's so true. What if you don't take a risk? And you know what? That's just going to eat you up even more. You see, it may not be wise to play it safe. And what if, what if a successful risk would bring great benefit to many people and its failure would bring harm only to yourself? It may not be loving to choose comfort or security when something great may be achieved for the, achieved for the cause of Christ and for the good of others. Every nation, Southside Church, I commission you by the, by, the, by the name of Jesus to go and make disciples of Jesus. You don't need another formula or some kind of, of, of classroom setting, vision talking and stuff. Just go to your neighbor and tell them that Jesus loves you. I love you. You're a special person. 
come into my house and have dinner with me. I want to bless you. I want to tell you that you have a purpose and a destiny over your life. And in fact, Jesus has that purpose and destiny over your life. And he wants to save you from your sins. He wants to rescue you from darkness. He wants to deliver you because he did that in my life. And if he can do that in my life, he can do that in your life. Let me pray before eyes closed.